in a world where every diet you know is wrong. Well, not every diet. I mean... Yes, but almost every doesn't sound as good. Yeah, but... Shut up. One man stands alone. Well, not completely. I mean... It's time for Adam Martin, the No Breakfast Guy. And let's talk fast. Fasting, fitness, and fat loss. What's going on guys and welcome to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guy. And I hope you're having a fantastic day and whatever you are doing, you are doing what you love and you are doing it with the people that you love. Oh my god, I finally actually got that out in one go, on one take. Guys, I am in a fantastic mood and I hope you are too. Whenever you may be listening to this, whether it's on the Monday that I release it or later in the week or in a few years' time or whenever you come across it, I really hope that you're in a great place and that uh, what you're doing, as I said, is what you love and that you're doing it with the people you love. And today, why I'm in such a great mood is Melbourne is just absolutely on fire at the moment. The weather is fantastic. My clients are all doing well. I'm doing well. I'm in a really good place. We're only a couple of weeks away from bub number two being born. Um, I'm currently, what is it, the 30th of October. I'm recording this. This will go out, I think it's on the 4th of November. So a few days before um, it's meant to come out. And uh, Wednesdays is usually my daddy daughter day, but she is off with granny today because it's the end of the month. Uh, and I'm doing all my reports and things for business and getting that off to my accountant and doing all of the kind of boring businessy stuff. And it kind of what sparked the idea um, for this as well as some questions that had been asked over time. And I don't normally allude to it too much, but I thought I'd lay it all out on the line and kind of do a podcast that I've titled, and you would have already clicked on this, uh, and called it, How Much Does It Cost To Be The No Breakfast Guy? Uh, I get questions from time to time and kind of, I guess, um, comments in saying that, Adam, you give so much of your time away and it's all for free and you're, you're very generous. And while these comments are very kind of um, you all to say, I still do run a business and I still do obviously charge for my time and what I do and the services I do. And while a lot of what you see uh, on my Instagram page over on The No Breakfast Guy you know, the content I put up there, the comments, the answering of the DMs, answering of emails and stuff like that, that I give away that time for free. Absolutely, I love doing that. And if I could do it for free for the rest of my life, I certainly would. But of course, there is always a business side to that as well. And, um, you know, nothing comes for free. Uh, and while I give away that time absolutely for free, and if you never engage with me as uh, or anything further as be it a, a coach or part of my 5 in 10 program or come into my clinic or anything like that, I am more than happy for you to gain everything that I put out there absolutely free. I hope it helps you on your journey. And I believe and I you know believe that and say that from the absolute bottom of my heart. I am more than happy for people to sit, sit in the background and just consume my content. And if what I do brings you value and helps you on your journey and uh, you know, you then send me a message or never send me a message um, to say, you know, how I've helped you or how something I posted, podcasted, videoed or put up as um, something uh, has helped you along your journey. I am happy because everything I do, I do because I love it. And I really do feel passionate about helping people live a happier and healthier life. And that's what I do. I love it. Um, but what I do on the other side as being a business guy and running a health and exercise physiology clinic, 
that's where I guess I can then fund this life that I do and then kind of then put that money back into the business of the No Breakfast Guy to help build that brand and kind of what that brand is um, going to be. And I thought, you know, while I'm kind of, I've just finished off my monthly report, so I've sent that all off to my accountant. I'm pretty much all done uh, for that. You know, it's I normally have to get that to her by the end of the month, and so I'm a day early on that. I'm really feeling, as I said, in a really good place because this podcast is pretty much the only thing I've got left in the week apart from attending to clients. So once this podcast is done, I'm on, on, I say, on easy street. I've still got, obviously, a lot of clients to attend to and things like that, but most of my work is done for the week, and so I'm really kind of looking forward to just putting my feet up and relaxing a bit. But as I said, because I had these reports to do for my accountant, and I get questions from time to time saying, yeah, what do you do? Like, how do you earn money? Like, you give all this time away for free, but you know, aren't, aren't, don't you need to support a family? Don't you have bills to pay and things like that? And I thought, look, I'll open up my world, and whether this is you know interesting to you or not, and if you kind of now heard what I'm going about to talk about and it doesn't interest you whatsoever, absolutely click off on this podcast and I'll see you next week uh, on the next episode. But if you're interested in kind of, I guess, the backstory of kind of who I was for the first, I guess, I'll say 10, 11 years of running an exercise physiology business and kind of what that entailed, what that was able to make me and kind of how I then use that money to then take the year off um, or how I saved money over that time, to then take the year off to have that year in France with Amelia and then to put some of, well, you know, a lot of uh, Amy and I's kind of uh, savings into paying for the book and having that published and running the campaigns we did to, um, you know, make that an Amazon bestseller and then kind of then set up this next phase of my life and be kind of setting up the brand of the No Breakfast Guy and then kind of what that costs and kind of what I do on that side and kind of how it all comes together, I guess, make my day-to-day I guess, activities that I, I guess I attend to to kind of running the, both the in-person um, business that I still have, which is my exercise physiology clinic, and then running the online coaching and the online content generation and branding of the No Breakfast Guy thing. So as I said, if you're interested, you know, come along. I don't know how long this podcast has got to be. I've got you know some notes on my phone that I'm looking at here. Um, and as I said, if it's of interest to you, I hope you find something of value to it and you just learn a little bit more about me and I guess what... Um, kind of comes from being the no breakfast guy and kind of how that's come about. So I guess let's go right back to the very beginning, 2006. Now, I've got to open up all I, on my computer here. I've got open my accounts um, all the way back to 2009-2010. Um, for any of you listening overseas, Australia's financial calendar runs from the 1st of July over until the 30th of June the following year. So that's why it's 209 slash 210. But I started running my business back in 2006. I don't have that data on my computer. Um, and so, yeah, all, all of what you're hearing is basically running from 2009, um, the 1st of July, 2009, um, right up until um, this date. So as I said, to give you a little bit of backstory, I did a master's degree uh, in exercise physiology and did a a placement and a case study thesis um, with a hospital in our area here called Epworth Hospital. And Epworth Hospital is very much the place in Victoria, um, and especially in Melbourne, Victoria, if you ever have a car accident, it's where you'll be sent. Um, whether it's a, a major car accident or kind of a minor car accident where you you, you need hospitalisation and you need some sort of surgery or something like that, 
you will go to Epworth Hospital most likely because they have a phenomenal setup and system there. Uh, now, back when I started, it was very um, kind of basic because the exercise physiology profession was very, very new back when I started. It's a very, or it's a, a flourishing and maturing um, uh, profession these days. And um, the, I guess the clinic that they have at Epworth Hospital is much, much bigger than it was when I went through there. But I did a case study report working um, with people who were returning from car accidents and were either an inpatient or outpatient. And I did my thesis on how to return those people back to their you know, daily lives um, quicker, more efficiently, and hopefully, obviously, more cost-effective. And so I, run that pro I ran that project back in 2005. Yes, 2005 um, as my final year thesis uh, for my master's degree. And after doing that, I then took a year off to travel with a friend of mine because uh, I certainly wasn't ready to go into work. I needed a break. Um, it had been a pretty hectic uh, five years of that master's degree. And then when I came back in 2000, at the end of 2006, I then reached out to the guy who was my case manager and kind of, I guess, supervisor for my master's um, thesis and said, look, I think I had a great thing going with you guys. One, do you have a job? And they said, no, we don't have any um, room at the moment. I said, well, if you don't have a job so I can come and help you kind of continue doing what we were doing, I think I've got a good business model here that you guys could, you know, we, we ran a model of getting people back into community gyms and getting them um, sorted with a program. And I said, well, instead of you guys just sending them out into just community gyms and just with an ordinary personal trainer, how about I would start a business and then you could send people directly to me and I could fill that gap for kind of helping people get back to their active um, life and kind of daily activities beyond be it a workplace accident, car accident, or things like that. And I could then start going around to local physios, surgeons, hospitals, GPs, different kind of allied healths and kind of surgeons and doctors and things like that and say to them and pitch this idea that I did this project, we saw great returns on getting people back to um, work and it helps TAC, it helps work cover, it helps the patients, everyone wins out of it. And so that was my business model idea and he said, I love your idea, I've got a, uh, I've got a place where I think you should um, go to. Um, and that's basically where I started out of Melbourne Sports Aquatic Centre back in October 26th of 2006 um, and started running my exercise physiology business. Now I ran alongside a personal training company and so for the first year I basically worked as a personal trainer who specialized in rehab just to get my feet wet, just to get into the industry, just to get to started and the idea of kind of, you know, how do I run uh, my own business and all these kinds of things. And so, as I said, that was way back um, in 2006 uh, and I just got started from there. As I said, I just hit the ground running um, from day one of just kind of getting out there um, and introducing myself to as many allied health as I could in the area. And I went to hundreds of physios, GPs, surgeons, hospitals, osteos, myotherapists, as many people as I could possibly kind of get a meeting with, many of which said, what is an exercise physiologist? Many of which said, no, I'm not interested, but there were a few um, in the area and a couple of GPs, the myotherapist, who I eventually started um, working with, and I had the podcast um, you heard the other day, uh, the other week um, with Tom. I started working with him, uh, and then there was an, a couple of osteos in the area um, as well, and then as I said, a few surgeons and hospitals and physios that I also started working with that just started sending me some clients here and there and started building my database of clients. I was obviously working in a very popular gym, 
And so people coming through and people being pushed to me if they had, you know, Adam, I want to get fit and healthy, but I've got a back injury or I'm coming back from a knee replacement or I've got a hip uh, uh, reconstruction or replacement or whatever it might be. Those were the kind of clients that were sent to my way. And then obviously I'd start working with them, start helping them, referrals started coming from clients. And so that's kind of how my business got going. And pretty much from day one, um, I've been, you know, profitable as a business. And I think that comes down to two things. One, I think caring for your patient and having your patient slash client as the first and absolute foremost um, importance uh, in your, I guess, practice is always going to be a positive for you. One, obviously, you're helping that client, um, you know, attain a goal or get back to life or doing, you know, what they want to do or have come to you for. Uh, if you help them kind of achieve their goals, they're going to be likely to talk about you or people are going to notice how they're moving better or they've lost weight or they, you know, they seem more energetic or more positive. You, as a business model, uh, you cannot go wrong by making your client, your customer, the absolute most important because they are going to be the best selling point you possibly can. No amount of me hitting the ground running and marketing me as a business or as a practitioner can ever compete with someone saying to another person, this person changed my life, this person helped me do this, this person did this. And so I started getting referrals and the business started taking off from there. And I said very quickly we were doing, I, I should say we, I was doing very well. I ran this business as a sole, um, sole provider pretty much from day one. Um, there was a few years in there that I had staff. Uh, and I think I would be the first to admit, I don't know uh, for these, maybe I should get one of my, one or a couple of my stuff that I've had on the past, maybe on a podcast to get them in the future. But I was a terrible boss and I, I expected a lot um, from them. I didn't pay them very well. Um, and I think that kind of got on people's nerves and I never held on to staff for very long because of those high demands I placed on them and not paying them great. Um, but I... I recognize that quite early, and as I said, I'm probably the very first to admit that I was a terrible boss, um, and I've now kind of made a commitment to myself that I will never kind of have people work underneath me again because I know I'm a terrible manager, I'm a terrible leader, and I'm a terrible person at kind of having that um, kind of business model having staff because I just don't think uh, I do it very well because, as I said, I think I do the best job possible, and I expect the staff I have to do that exact same job and they should never have to expect, I should never expect those kind of, um, you know, I guess, pressures on them because it's not their business. If I expected that kind of pressure on them, I should have given them a share in my business. But um, that's why, as I said, I've moved away from having staff. But we're always profitable, always did um, well as a business and the staff I've had have been phenomenal and um, I can't speak more highly of the guys um, that I've had work for me. Um, that was Sam, that was Wes, that was Campbell, that was Nick um, over the time. Then I've had a couple of other contractors uh, in that time, in Zoe, in Courtney, in Mel. Um, those girls have been phenomenal uh, for me as kind of contractors just here and there as well. So a massive thank you um, to everyone who has ever worked for me because you've always done a great job and I'm sorry I expected so much of you. but. As I said, that was my business model. We started to grow, more and more clients coming in, more and more referrals, and pretty much since, I'd, I'd say probably around 2011, um, I've almost had a 100% occupancy uh, in my diary. Um, the only way to get into me is hoping that someone is away on business or people um, you know, are kind of 
I said, yeah, away or kind of unwell, um, be it sick or something like that, because I'm pretty much booked out these days. Um, and I used to, back then, work mornings and nights, six days a week. Uh, I'd be doing 60 plus hours um, a week just in clients, let alone the kind of back end of running a business and kind of having meetings and seeing um, other allied health and things like that just to keep those relationships going. And so that was my first 10 years and kind of, I've got, the, as I said, the graph in front of me of you know the hours we did. And so in 2009 to 2010, it was 1,034 individual clients I saw. 2010, 2011, we saw 1,377 clients. 2011 to 2012, saw 1,495. 2012 to 2013, saw 1,849. There was a bit of a drop off in 2013 to 2014 at 1,815. And then we hit a big one. And this is kind of where it almost broke me. And this is where I've spoken about before of me wanting to quit the industry and why I needed that year off. But 2014 to 2015, did 2,214 clients. That's not going and talking about running the business and all those other hours you got to do. You can do the maths on how many um, hours a week that was. Um, actually, no, I've got the average here. So that was 42 hours of just clients a week. And I normally say to exercise physiology students that come and work um, and do placements with me and things like this, for every hour that you spend seeing a client, and we only do um, hour-based sessions at my uh, clinic. I know other clinics will do 30 minutes and 45, uh, 30 minutes and 45 minute sessions. I only ever do 40, uh, sorry, one hour sessions. And so that weekly average that year of 42 hours is 42 clients. And I've always said to um, students, for every hour that you spend with a client, you're doing at least that, potentially more in kind of chasing up with kind of writing a program or following up with how you're going, what's going on, kind of all of the back end stuff that you don't in quote get paid for, but it's absolutely part of the business and I think it's an absolute cornerstone to the reason why I've been successful. You can do less than that and you cannot put in that kind of time in the back end, but I promise you if you're trying to start some sort of customer service or service based business, if you're not putting in that time above and beyond just the time that you're seeing with that customer, you're not going to grow a business. And so um, that year, as I said, nearly killed me. And it was in 2015, 2016 that we dropped right back to 1,545. Now I say drop back, that's still an, a huge amount of um, clients for the year. But for me, it seemed like a, a drop off and I needed a cut back. And so I cut back on some of my evenings and this is when it was heading into me then trying to write my book. Um, and also, Amelia was almost born. So she was born in May, end of May of 2016. Um, so it was right at the end of that financial year, um, where, as I said, those hours dropped off. But I, as I said, was writing my book and I decided to take some evenings off and working only a couple of evenings. So that's where that time went to. Um, and then I'll talk about 2016 onwards later because that's when it kind of, Amelia was born and we went overseas and I want to kind of talk about that aspect later on. But that gives you an idea of kind of how many hours we were doing. And then to give you the raw data on kind of these are total sales. This is not wages, but total sales over those years. We went 132,000, 185,000, 206,000, 220,000, 192,000, and then 207,000, which was um, that big year of hours. And that kind of shows you that 
just because you do more work doesn't necessarily mean you bring in more money. So if you look, as I said, two years prior, we did 220,000 of sales, but that massive year I had of hours was only 207. Um, and that was from a whole multitude of different things in that um, couple of years I'd done. I had started doing a bit of corporate stuff, and so there was less hours, but I was charging obviously a lot more um, for those. And in those um, that big year I had, it was a lot more just intensive one-on-one -on -one clients. And so that was there. But then to kind of give you an idea of what those turn into profits and what those wages were. So yes, we did 220,000, but there's a lot of expenses of running a business and kind of marketing and, you know, back then marketing materials, kind of flyers and email, uh, you know, mar email marketing and things like this. It wasn't like it is now nowadays. I mean, I could have started and I should have started doing a lot of social media marketing back then. I would have had a lot more traction. But back then I did a lot of flyer drops and, um, you know, walking around just putting flyers into people's things saying, do you have a knee injury? I can help. Do you have a back injury? I can help. And I did so many of those kind of things. So as I said, accountants, a website, um, just the kind of uh, upkeep of my accreditation requires me to go to conferences and things like that. So there's a lot of expenses that go into uh, the business. And so if I kind of, again, run through um, what the total wages were, and you can get an idea of kind of what I brought in from those years, that 2009 to 2010 was 55,000, went to 73,000, went to 90,000, went to 107, 107,000, that was a big year then. 99,000 and then 86,000 um, again. So again, showing that year that we did that huge amount of um, sales doesn't necessarily turn into more um, money in my pocket. I did start at that point, start thinking about kind of more investing back into the, my business. Pretty much every year up until that, and you can see how my wages increased with basically going up on um, how much we were making. I basically just, every single um, cent that, wasn't going to those kind of essential um, costs of the business, I was then putting back into my pocket. And I didn't really get a sense of, you should probably invest into the business to try and start generating um, more business and uh, whatnot down the line. So it was kind of only in those last couple of years, as I said, to 2013, 14, 2014, 15, um, and then 2015, 16, that I dropped my wage back and really amped up kind of marketing costs. And so you can then get a sense of what our expenses were you know, expenses for the year, um, and this doesn't include, um, as I said, a lot of the, this is kind of essential expenses, um, you know, 17,000, 16,000, 20,000, 35,000, 24, 19. So it's kind of very, um, very, I guess, similar across those years around that kind of 15 to kind of 25,000. But in 2013, 14, we had expenses, as I said, of 35,000. I went on this kind of 10x your business um, thing, which was the biggest waste of money I've ever um, done, and that's why I had so much more expenses that year. But that's where, as I said, my head started thinking, you know, how can I do more? And I thought by trying to increase my business, how, how can I do that? I went to, as I said, one of these kind of 10 actual business. It was ungodly expensive, and I would have done much better off in kind of at that point starting to invest that kind of money into social media to try and grow my business, and I would have done a lot better. But, you know, you live and learn from these things and what um, expenses kind of come along. Um, but then all in all, once you take out all of your expenses, my wages, um, and then can take that from kind of gross sales, what's the kind of gross profit um, from those years? And in the early years, it was fantastic. We did really, really well. Um, you know, gross profit above and beyond what I paid myself was 28,000, 30,000, 30,000. And then that year, as I said, I invested hugely. We, only, um, we actually lost money. 
That's interesting. I actually always thought we made a profit. We lost money that year. There you go. Um, so we actually lost $2,500 in that year where I did this kind of 10x your business um, kind of you know business coach thing. But the next year, we were back in the profit at 18000 And then the um, year, as I said, that uh, nearly broke me um, when Amelia was being born and we we're doing the book, um, we made $5,000 profit that year because that's when uh, I thought I could start putting money, um, the money that I invested to um, make the book, I thought could be a business expense. I later found out that can't. And so we had to rewrite that back into my personal expenses because I was told, I always thought, well, it's an expense. I'm writing this book to help my business because this will draw more business coming in and I'm, I'm doing it kind of as a fitness aspect. But I then later found out and I should have done more research, a business can't write a book. A, a person has to write a, bit, a book. And so I then have to run that as a personal expense through my own accountant. So when I went to Amy and said, look, I'd like to take some of our money as a loan to the business to pay for this book. I certainly, I'm pretty sure if I'd said that I wanna just take this as money from personally from us, Amy might've said otherwise um, and not said, yeah, let's do that and allow me to kind of uh, go ahead with it. Um, but we then found out that no, that's a personal expense. So it kind of um, took a big hit to our personal bank account by um, doing that. So that's kind of, as I said, runs right up until kind of me then writing the book, um, gives you a sense of kind of what the exercise physiology business was doing, kind of what you can earn as an exercise physiologist and kind of the expenses of running that business. And that's kind of, I guess, where we are up until this point now. Amelia is born um, in the end of May of 2016 for the, f what would it would have been probably the six months before that, I'd started writing that book and enlisted um, a publisher and a ghostwriter and a kind of marketing and campaign person and all this, they're all in kind of one company, but they kind of had their individual people within there that were working with me. And that's when I then went, as I said, to Amy and said, look, Ames, I've got this idea for this book. You know, everyone's, you know, I've helped my sister starting to lose weight on this no breakfasting and fasting thing. My mum is, you know, more and more clients are. They're all telling me I should write a book about this. You know, I found a company that can help me write this book. They're a publisher and ghostwriter and marketing people and everything tied up in one. And they can help me write this book. They can get it up on Amazon and they've got a, you know, a marketing campaign where we pay extra and they can guarantee an Amazon bestseller um, from that. So can I take some of our money um, and you know, write this book? And you know, we had long discussions about that because I'll tell you how much that was in a second. It was a lot of money to have that uh, happen. And in the end though, Amy saw how passionate I was about this and that I probably was gonna just annoy her until the day. Um, until she said yes anyway. Um, so, you know, not, I don't think begrudgingly, she certainly was very supportive of the end, in the end, um, but uh, for anyone who's known me for any length of time, and my wife has known me for a long time, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm always got ideas and always, oh, let's try this, let's try this, let's do this, let's do this, and I never follow through with them. And so her worry always was that starting this book uh, or kind of writing this book and putting a lot of money uh, into this um, idea was I in six months' time just going to turn around and go, nah, well, yeah, that was a stupid idea. I'll get, go away from it. And I, she could see something was different in me, and that's why I think she kind of had the confidence that, you know what, no, let's go. Let's give this a go. Um, you know, go for it kind of thing. So I approached this company, um, and they said, this is how much it's going to cost, and this is the kind of timeline we're thinking. And so to go on to that point, uh, it was $35,000, uh, yep, I'll say that again, $35,000 to write, um, to have them help me write this book and be part of their 
bestseller campaign and their marketing and all of this. And it was gonna be a 12 to 18 month process. Uh, and I said, yep, I understand the costs, understand the timelines. That timeline's gonna run into you know, Amelia being born, but no, I can, I can do this, no worries, let's do it. So we took $35,000 and um, gave it to this company and uh, for the first six months, as I said, um, we, uh, we were going you know, really in depth, getting this book um, done. Amelia was born and then the next six months, as I said, I basically didn't see her or see Amy because I was pouring all my time into the exercise physiology business as well as writing this book. Uh, and trying to get it kind of going, thinking I could get it out by Christmas, and then it'd be like a Christmas book, or at least, at the very least, a New Year's book. Um, but as anyone who has written a book or done something along those kind of lines, you know delays happen. And and so I tried as best as I could, and to my absolute best, to heart of hearts, I did everything I could. And I was probably doing 100 hours to 110 hours a week. It, as I said, it nearly killed me. Um, this was all while having a new baby and you know trying to be the best father and kind of supportive husband I could be to this new child um, and to my wife um, Amy uh, it as I said it nearly broke me I was I was on the verge of death at that point I was not well and kind of come January February um, I said to these I said to this publisher I said I, I can't keep doing this we've got to get this book out I know we're not quite quite there but we just have to kind of tick this off and we put another big push in through March, and it was um, released in um, March of 2017. Uh, and then they did all, it was then, I was done. I was okay, yep, book's done. I then had a few things I had to do to kind of try and get some sales from clients I knew and you know other people like that. So I kind of did that side of it, but their marketing was then, okay, we're gonna market through LinkedIn, we're gonna market through Amazon, We're gonna. they did all of their stuff, and that wasn't any part of me. And so um, the book did, you know, great. It, it became a number one Amazon bestseller and was there for uh, the first week and a half, or sorry, I should say, as number one, it was there for seven days and it was in the top 10 best-selling, um, I guess, health, diet, weight loss ton of books um, in the categories on Amazon when you kind of go to those categories. It was in the top 10 for quite a few weeks uh, and then kind of started petering out there and that's that's what um, that's what happens unless you've got a phenomenal book but my book was never, I mean, never going to be a, like a New York Times bestseller where it would be up there for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months on end. Um, their campaign ran out um, kind of pretty much just as we were leaving um, for France which was uh, in the 1st of June but Amelia's first birthday was coming up 2017 of May and we then had decided kind of early that, as I said, that, that the end of that kind of year when, um, as I said, I was doing 100 plus hours a week, I said to Amy, I said, I can't keep doing this. You know, I, I've, I've had enough of running my exercise physiology business um, and I didn't just need a holiday, I needed time off. And that's where the kind of idea of taking 2017 off and traveling overseas and taking a year uh, to live in France with a one-year-old child kind of was born. Uh, and we kind of made that decision kind of at the end of um, 2016 in December around Christmas time where I said I was a broken man um, and Amy could see that, yeah, I was I was not well. Um, and she said, look, let's do this. And, you know, pretty much all of those profits and all of those things that we um, have just spoken about with regards to my exercise physiology business, I'm, I'm very frugal in many ways, but um, I, I tend to do big purchases. I don't kind of buy little things here and there 
um, that kind of just chip away your money and kind of, oh, I had a good paycheck this week. I'll go spend it this week. I'm very, very good at saving, and Amy and I are both very good at saving, and she was a fly-and-fly-out geologist, which is a very high-earning um, uh, kind of profession. And so we had poured money into our bank accounts at the thought we were going to buy a house. But at the end of that year, we were almost uh, on the verge of buying a house, but um, I had this kind of epiphany moment of, I, I need to get out of here, I can't do this. And so pretty much we then took the savings we had as a deposit for a house and put that into this um, time that we're going to take a whole year off and not work while we're living in France. And so that, as I said, that book got released in March. We then took off for France um, as um, in 2017, June, and then returned um, at, by Christmas time at the end of that year. So as I said, we had seven months uh, in France. But to kind of go back to kind of sales of the book, uh, I personally don't know anymore. I, when it was first released, I certainly kept an idea of kind of, or kept a very close um, look on kind of the monthly sales and you know the checks that come in from Amazon and things like this. Uh, and look, again, anyone who's written a book or kind of been out there, no one makes money on writing a, books, uh, a book. Yes, there's J.K. Rowling, who's a billionaire, but they're unicorn. She's an absolute unicorn in the world of kind of publishing and writing a book. I never, ever thought that writing a book would be this kind of escape for me where, cool, I can sit back and just watch the sales of books um, come in and I don't have to ever work a day in my life. I never, ever um, expected or thought that would um, happen. But I thought writing this book would then be, um, you know, I guess evidence to people when I was then trying to, I had no idea kind of where I would take it and kind of where it, where it is now was never in my um, vision. But I thought that if I try and sell this as an idea or kind of people come to me for weight loss or to talk about fasting or if I to become a speaker on this or something, and having written a book and it being a bestseller and being published, uh, being a published author would be kind of credentials to kind of further kind of, I guess, push my um, point that you know I'm not just some schmo doing this. I've done research, I've written a book, I'm invested in this, and that's where it was coming from. And so that's where my head um, was at. And kind of, as I said, to look at sales on the books, it's in the low thousands. So I think we're, I think last time I looked, which was a while ago, it was about 1,200 sales of books. And that combines both the eBooks or the hardback copies you can buy on Amazon. I don't sell it anywhere else. Um, and I now give it away for free. And so... If you're listening to this podcast and you go, what is this book he's talking about? Where can I get it? Don't go and give Amazon any more money. They're, they're rich enough as it is. I've already produced this book and I don't expect to get any money back from it. And so I'm happy to give it to you free as a Kindle version. If you're old-fashioned and you love a paper book, then yes, go to Amazon. Any Amazon market in the world uh, has it and I'll ship it to your front door. Um, but if you want the digital copy, send me an email. My email is in the show notes below. I'm more than happy to send you a copy for absolutely free. So if I sit there and say, how many books have I sold? It's around that 1,200. How many have I given away now? It's around about 25,000. So yes, I have given away a lot of books um, over this uh, time. And that comes mostly from giving them out to people who come to uh, my uh, Instagram page. Every single person that comes across my page has access to get that book for free. It's in my profile. And I can see how many people click that profile and then follow through the kind of funnel that I've set up on that. And so it's, as I said, it's above 20,000 people that have now, um, I guess, uh, gotten their hands on that book. Now, whether they've read it or not 
is completely up to them. Uh, but it's above 20,000 people that have now um, had copies of my um, book in their hands. And that there is what absolutely brings um, you know happiness to my heart, that more and more people are getting the idea of fasting and the whole no breakfast myth, uh, and that more and more people are then taking action on their health uh, to live a happier and healthier life, whether that's weight loss or whether that's a health benefits um, to fasting and the no breakfast life. That certainly brings me joy. And so um, I hope I never make a single dollar uh, from that book, but I hope more and more people uh, do get their hands on it and read it and kind of realize the um, power that fasting can have uh, for mental and physical health and kind of how it can help them move forward. And so that then brings us to kind of two thousand, or the end of 2017, the start of 2018, where my look on life and business completely changed because in the time I was in France, I then had the mental space of kind of taking a deep breath on life and I, this is a timely um, kind of point for me spe- speaking because I just put up a, pod, uh, a post on Instagram just the other day uh, about learning how to take a break and not quitting, the difference between taking a break and quitting and, and how me taking a break on life was not me quitting and giving me mental space and physical space to kind of really wrap my head around what do I want most in life? And in my book, even though my publisher said not to do it, I said, no, this is something I do want to do. I put my personal email in that and people started sending me questions. People started sending me um, requests on, you know, can you help me on this or can you help me on that? And that's what spawned the idea for me to create the No Breakfast Guy page to start have a place, I guess, to start answering those questions because I was answering the same question over and over and over again. I thought, well, wouldn't it just be easier if I said, if someone came in and said, Adam, what breaks my fast? Here, I've done a post on it and sending them that was a much better idea to me than saying the exact same thing over and over and over again. And so that's what spawned the idea and I don't think I would have had the mental space to be able to do that. I certainly wouldn't have had the time to be able to do all those posts that I put up during that six month period in France because I was putting up two to three posts every single day while I was living in France, whereas now I do one a day, and even that takes up um, enough time as it is, but doing three posts every day, you know, every single day, day after day, and then starting the vlog and doing the kind of um, story uh, feature that was on. Back then it was much more heavy on Snapchat, but then Instagram ripped off that stories feature and put it on there, so I started posting on both, and pretty much I'm exclusively now on Instagram and posting on the stories there, but putting that time into creating content and um, you know putting up uh, posts and informative posts that would help people around the ideas of fat loss, fitness, and um, fasting. They were my kind of three pillars of, as I said, fat loss, fasting, and fitness. And that's kind of, as I said, what then spawned, I guess, the No Breakfast Guy brand. And when I came back in 2018, I said to Amy, I need to start diverting more and more of my time to this. I'd already started... Um, formulating ideas of kind of how I was going to run the business when I came back and I was going to be very exclusive on my time and nobody and nothing was going to uh, interrupt on that. If people couldn't fit into that rather than the previous business model I had where it was just like no matter what someone says, no matter what time they want, I will um, bend to that and that's what nearly killed me and any advice to any personal trainer, exercise physiologist or any allied health out there or anyone giving their time as service understand that in the beginning you've got to grow, you've got to put that time and you've got to grind, you've got to you know get that database up, you've got to get going. But as soon as you possibly can, start dictating the time that people can come to you rather than them dictating the time that they can see uh, you. So 
Now I have a very strict timetable of when people can come and see me. If you can't fit in that time, I can't help you out. And so um, that's where my business model changed, which then allowed me time in the afternoon to then start, continue, I should say, creating content around the No Breakfast Guy brand. And that's basically where I'm at now. And I took a massive hit, obviously, on the amount of money that I could bring in. And I'll, again, I'll run through what those hours are in comparison to what you know I've already said that they were in the physiology clinic. Um, but I wanted to do that because I wanted to divert time into, they said, the brand of the No Breakfast Guy and creating posts and content, be it a podcast, videos, on Instagram or wherever I possibly could. Uh, and that's, as I said, where I've been at since pretty much, as I said, the start of 2018, all of 2018, all of 2019. So the last two and a half years, it's just been all around. Going into my exercise physiology clinic, I still give my clients everything I possibly can in there but I've massively restricted the amount of clients that I can see, which then gives me the availability to then do all of this stuff that I'm now talking to you and creating posts and podcasts. And so that's where my business drastically changed. Um, but that said, um, even though I said I drastically reduced the time um, that I was seeing clients, I was still seeing the same amount of clients. I was just doing it in the times I used I wanted to. And so Back in the day, I would start at 6 a.m. I'd see clients usually till about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. There'd then be this four or five hour gap in the middle and then I'd see clients from five, six, seven, even eight o'clock at night. Um, and now I only see clients from 6 a.m. until 1 p.m. Outside of those, it's all my own time to then, as I said, do this kind of content. So the hours were still very similar. So if we look kind of, as I said, 2017-18 um, was partly me, partly the guy who took over my business um, while I was in France. So that's 1,750 clients that year. But 2018 onwards was all me. And so last financial year, I saw 1,692 clients. So still you know, averaging 30 plus hours a week. So that's then another hour on top of that just for those clients. There's 60 hours. And then I do all of these hours on top of this to produce content and see um, the Instagram and I'll run through those um, very soon for you. And as it stands, 2019-2020, um, we are 443 hours um, and we are again on track for probably doing a close to a 15-1600 hour year. So we'll see how that plays out. But um, to then go into the sales, um, that last financial you were speaking about, $147,000 in sales. But this is the big one. I took a massive hit on my wages because I really saw I should be investing into marketing on social media. So my wage, as I said, dropped all the way from, as I said, my peak of $110,000 back in 2012-13. The 2018-19 year, I had a wage of $55,000. I basically said to Ames, what is the bare minimum that we need from me uh, Amy obviously was getting back into the workforce, but what's the bare minimum need for me to pay for our bills, pay for groceries, pay for rent and all those kind of things. And we came to that number of $55,000. So I did that and then every single other cent from that business um, was then gonna pour back into the business of kind of marketing. And so to go back onto expenses, uh, 2018 year, we had $52,000 worth of expenses. And I'll explain to you what those are in a second with regards to social media marketing, kind of what I employed from there. Um, and that gross that gross profit that year was $1,200. So very little um, profit, but I was still able to pay myself and pay all the bills. So as I said, that brings us pretty much to where we are now and pretty much all of my effort 
outside of exercise physiology clinics. So let's just get rid of the idea that I'm an exercise physiologist. That just happens every single day, and that's what I do. But outside of that, what kind of time am I putting into the no breakfast guy and what time am I kind of putting or what money am I kind of putting into that and kind of what does it cost and this kind of rounds us out to kind of what does it cost to be the no breakfast guy but basically I'm putting anywhere from three to four hours a day just into Instagram now when I say that it's producing content be that vlogging on my phone and kind of me answering those questions and DMs answering comments um, as well as posting content uh, on there. It's three to four hours a day uh, on average, every single day. I've now really cut that back on Sunday and I'm trying to cut back a bit more on Saturdays as well, just so I can be more, um, uh, I guess, getting my head around, I should say, Saturdays have become my check-in days for the um, No Breakfast Guy, uh, sorry, the 5 in 10 program uh, that I now run, as well as my private one-on-one online coaching uh, clients that I now do. Um, just to give you an idea, the private one-on-one coaching that I do um, for, as I said, people online, I now charge $299 a month um, for people to be a part of that. And the 5 in 10 program where a lot of people are now starting to come in um, because it's a very it's a very good entry point in being able to see, have me as your personal coach it's far less personal, obviously, as my one-on-one coaching would be because it's far less, uh, far less cost. But that 10-week program where you'll lose five kilos and you'll learn all the skills that you'll ever need to kind of continue your progress on into the future as well as have those tools on hand should you ever find yourself falling off the wagon, you know, one year, 10 years, 20 years from now, you can then use those skills and those emails and those information sheets that I provide in that. But it's a group-based setting. There's a group chat where you can come in and we all talk amongst. And so it's still a lot of time. It takes me um, to kind of run that that group and that program and those emails and things like that because I'm constantly tweaking it and adjusting it to kind of see how people react to it and how people kind of, I guess, the results they get. But that there is $250 um, for the 10-week program um, that's that is. So it's $25 a week, which I think is incredibly cheap when you consider you're getting me um, where I would charge $100 an hour if you come and see me in my clinic or I'm charging $299 a month if you see me as a personal. So to get me at $25 a week uh, and get all the information that you would ever get from me as a personal but in a group-based setting, I think that's incredibly cheap and a lot of people are seeing the benefits from that. And the first program we had 13 people go through this current program we've got currently there in week four, about to go into week five, there's 28 people. Uh, and I, I just wanna to continue to build that because I'm seeing the huge benefits that this program is doing. And I wanted to almost move myself, and this again kind of goes to the point of where I'm, where my head's at and where I think I'm heading as a, as a professional and what I'm gonna to continue to do as a career. I really wanna keep pushing that um, kind of that no breakfast club slash five in 10 program. I wanna get into that more kind of group-based stuff where I can affect more people's lives at a very cheap entry cost for you so you can get involved uh, in that program but still get the benefits you know, to almost what it would be as a personal service um, and see you living um, the life that you've always deserved uh, but have maybe have found frustrating or kind of um, confusing to try and um, elicit that to happen. And so 
This five in 10 program has been a game changer and the group chat that we've um, that I've created around that has been absolutely phenomenal. And I thought it would just be a small part of the program and people could drop in there and ask questions and things like that. But it has been the biggest part of the program that has given this program so much success. Um, success. And so that's kind of where I'm at, um, as I said, right now. And I said, I'm pouring probably about $2,000 into social media marketing and that's boosting posts or doing you know, sponsored posts um, that many of you may have come across. You may have seen one of my ads on Instagram or I put them on YouTube or on Facebook. Putting on, I'm putting about $2,000 into that. I did have a company that was managing that and they would charge around about seven to $8,000 for every six months. I had them for a year or 18 months. I think it was 18 months and so... Um, as I said, that was that cost then, but I, I no longer have them. I'm doing it myself. I tried to learn along the lines of kind of what they were doing and now I'm trying to do that myself. Obviously, I'm not as effective, but I'm still seeing growth and I'm still uh, moving forward. So I see that um, as a good thing. So I said, I'm pouring every single cent I possibly can above and beyond the base wage that I now pay myself, which is $55,000 a year. Um, and every single cent that my exercise physiology business makes me that after I paid the bills, after I paid my wages, now goes into the marketing of the no breakfast guy because the no breakfast guy doesn't really make any money um, as a business or a brand at the moment. Yes, I'm starting to get, as I said, um, personal coaching clients and yes, um, I've got uh, this five and 10 program which um, I hope to continue to grow and does bring in um, some wage but it doesn't cover anywhere near the cost that I, I need to be the no breakfast guy only. I still very much need and heavily rely on me as an exercise physiologist paying for the bills of the no breakfast guy. But um, that kind of brings it roundabout to kind of where I am now and kind of what we're doing. And to kind of give you, I guess, where my thoughts are and what I hope to do uh, into the future, because I've been able to find this kind of balance between exercise physiology, Adam, and the no breakfast guy, Adam, I'm really loving where I'm at. You know, I'm, I'm still trying to push and grow the no breakfast guy brand. And my hopes and dreams that one day, that is all that I do, um, but I really love the human touch. I don't think I can ever get out of the kind of the clinic-based one-on-one human-to-human kind of stuff. It's great the email kind of conversations um, that I have, and I certainly do Skype with some clients from time to time, and you know the the live chats that happen in the five in ten group from there. I get that human contact, and I get that um, you know that that I guess that thanks that people give to me and that appreciation that people give to me for you know helping them achieve their goals and things like that but but nothing beats that kind of human contact and I certainly need that and I think as humans we need that but I think I'll always be a personal in person um, kind of trainer exercise physiologist in one, in some way shape or form um, but I really do want to move more and more and more um, into the kind of online space and providing that online service. And my hope, this is where my head is moving to, I'm currently saving every bit of money I can on the side of everything I'm investing in things because I want to create an app. Now, whether it's the No Breakfast Club app, whether it's the 5 in 10 program app, whether it's the um, the Great Breakfast Myth app, I don't know what I'm going to call it or kind of what it'll be, but um, I've seen quite a few people doing this and I've seen their apps and kind of you know taking from that what I think is positive and kind of putting my own spin onto kind of what it is. But to create an app these days it's about fifty to sixty thousand dollars. I'm nowhere near being able to afford that and I'm not going to my wife to ask us ask her for personal money uh, anymore. I'm gonna do this solely on the my own back and kind of 
from the company that I run, um, not from our personal savings. And so I'm getting to a place, I think maybe 18 months time, I might kind of be there. Um, so we're talking, let's say we're the end of 2019 now, I'm saying maybe the beginning of 2021, maybe the end of 2021. Uh, I wanna keep doing exactly what I'm doing right now, day after day after day, You know, growing the No Breakfast Guy, growing the five in 10 program, growing the No Breakfast Club and that kind of club, No 5 and 10 program, becoming an app where people can then you know, buy a membership to at a ridiculously cheap price, but then I hope to run that on volume. So you know, I'm, I'm thinking it might be $19, maybe even cheaper, maybe $15 a month to be a part of that app. But in that app, there's daily workouts, there's recipes, there's you know, uh, daily kind of content and emails and things like that because I want to get away from being a slave to other people's um, programs and platforms. You know, Instagram's organic reach is appalling now. Pretty much every post that I put up now, almost no one sees. I still get great traction through the stories, which is great, but I don't want to be a slave that if, if Instagram kind of tomorrow dies, what have I got? You know, I've got a, a obviously I've got my email um, that goes out every day, and I've got um, the five and ten program. But I heavily rely on the, the moment on Instagram, and if it disappeared tomorrow, I've got nothing. And so I want to build my own platform, my own app that people can be a part of and get my information from, regardless to what the rest of the world and social media does. So that's where my head is going to, and that's if any of you guys know James Smith, um, you know he's a big uh, guy on Instagram at the moment in the kind of health and wellness, um, fat loss kind of space. He has an app called the James Smith Academy. I joined up to that to kind of see what he um, is doing. And there's a few other people that have created these kind of apps as well that I'm just kind of taking bits and pieces from and kind of looking at and kind of seeing how they do things. But I think James Smith does it very well with that particular app. And that's the kind of space I want to get to and kind of doing that um, kind of content and being able to give you, I guess, my personalized service as cheaply as possible. And that's kind of the space I want to get to because I think health should be free. You know, helping people live a healthier life and being healthy and giving them the education tools that allows them to do that should be free. The government should do this, but they're never going to do it. And so I understand I'm a business guy. I need to pay bills. I need to support a family. I can't give it away for free, but I want to give it as cheaply as I possibly can to enable as many people as possible to have access to you know, unbiased and un, unfiltered is not the word, but kind of you know, straight talking, the kind of um, thanks I get all the time. Adam, thank you so much for cutting through the bullshit that's out there, getting to the point and telling us just kind of the truth around fat loss and fitness and health and well-being and doing that in a way that I guess kind of people can understand. I don't want to come, I want you to understand that it's coming from a science-backed background, but I don't want it to be science-heavy where people look at it and go, ugh, the mitochondria cycle or the Krebs cycle or, you know, blood glucose filtered systems into yet I don't want that to kind of be heavy where people just kind of bland out to it. I want you guys to have access to, you know, science backed information that's told in a way that's easy to understand, that's straight talking, no bullshit, right to the point that you can benefit from and get results from now and for the rest of your life. And so as I said, that's where my head is going. And that's what I hope to achieve over the next, you know, eighteen months to two years to get to a place where I don't, as I said, have to rely on um, other social media platforms. 
Instagram, where is it going? What is it doing? As I said, its organic reach now is almost zero. Um, and so you're having to put more and more money into the marketing side for anyone to even see your stuff. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm probably at my limit at about $2,000 a month. I can't go any higher than that. I'm still seeing growth, but that growth has drastically um, declined over the last two years because as I said, you need more and more money just to get in front of people um, and have people see your content and see your ads and things like that. And when you're just posting or when I'm posting just um, to my page, almost no one is seeing that. And so if you want to see that, go and turn the notifications on. Um, that's the biggest thing I can possibly say. But um, as I said, guys, that's where I'm at at the moment as a business, as a professional in my career. Um, we're about to have a new bub in um, December. And so I, even more of my time is going to be diverted to being a good husband and being a good father. Uh, and I want to make sure that I am there for them, not like last time where I disappeared and was doing stupid hours and almost killing myself. You know, I reckon I was probably close to a heart attack. Um, I didn't feel well, I wasn't well, and I, my health and mental and physical health was in a really bad way when Amelia was six months old at the end of that, as I said, 2016 year. And I don't want to do that with this girl that uh, we're about to have come into our life and my family. And so I want to be able to still give to you guys. I want to still be able to produce great content and um, give back to you guys for you know being there and supporting me along this journey. I want to provide you with great content every day that helps you on your journey. Uh, but I also want to be there as a family man. And so I'll find that balance and I'll keep working on that. And I'll keep, um, as I said, doing what I do. And I hope that you guys continue to enjoy what I do. And to that point, if you've enjoyed this podcast and it's given you a little bit of an insight of kind of what it costs to be the no breakfast guy and where I get that money from and how I generated that in the beginning. And if it's been of value to you, great. Let me know. Um, if this was completely boring and no one's listening to this at the moment, cool. I just thought it would be of interest that you guys can understand a little bit more about me and kind of what I do on a day-to-day -day basis and I guess how much time that takes up and what that costs. Um, but yeah, guys, thanks again for listening in. I'll be back next week as always. Brand new podcast every single money, uh, money? Monday. I've got money on my head now that I've been talking about it. But every single Monday, as you know, guys, new podcast goes up. I can't thank you enough for being around and supporting me as you always do. If you can spare just a 30 seconds, jump on. Give this um, podcast, if you're on iTunes, a five-star rating and a positive review. It really does help me out, guys, and I'd be very, very, very appreciative if you could do that for me. But as always, I hope you have a fantastic day. I love you lots. Thank you so much again for all the support. I'll see you next week. Ciao.